Ducks and Beavers open the season right. Still no movement in the Blazers-Lillard saga. And Brenna Green has a secret plan for her Beyonce excursion that she won't reveal to me personally until we get the podcast rolling. So let's do that on the Sports. Let's talk about it on the pod. We got to save it for the pod. On the Sports by Northwest podcast. I'm Aaron Fentress of the Oregonian and Oregon Live, and I'm joined by Coin Six's Brenna Green, as always. Brenna, what up? How you been? We have rolled through the first week of college football. We are here. It was, uh, let me tell you, you know, this, these are, this is uh, things that people don't think about, you know? So high school football Friday, I did not leave the office until 1245 Mm -hmm. when I got done with everything, you know, putting stuff on social media, that sort of stuff for, for high school football. I then couldn't sleep because, of course, you can't sleep after you do that. Your adrenaline's pumping. So I didn't fall asleep because, I mean, you, you get home at, like, 1. You kind of try to wind down. But for me, it normally takes me about an hour and a half to two hours. But, of course, because I knew I had to sleep, it was worse. So I didn't go to sleep until, like, 3.30. Yikes. I had to uh, – we were, like, we were worried about traffic going down to Eugene. So we're, like, well, let's meet at 7 because the game's at noon. It could take three hours. You never know what's going to happen. Yep. Blah, 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 blah. You know that drill. Oh, yeah. And uh, – <laughs> And so, first of all, definitely had my alarm go off. I I set everything out. Thank God I did this. I set everything out and was like, okay, we're going to we're going to be fine. We're just going to wake up in the morning, slip on what you want to wear and boogie on out of there. Let's do it. Right. Right. Well, my alarm goes off. I mute it, you know, thinking that I'm awake. Turns out I'm not awake. (laughs) I woke up again at. 720. Thank God it was only 20 minutes past when we were supposed to leave. Slipped everything on, got out the door, met my photog down the street. And we, we actually got down to Eugene by 915. We were probably parked by like 940 ish, but we were off the freeway at 915. It took us less than two hours to get there, which is crazy for game day. And you know, then yeah, you, the game starts at noon and you keep going I think I totaled it out. It was like I worked like 22 out of 27, something like that. Some crazy amount of time that I worked over that space. Jeez. <laughs> so we got through the, you know, the, these are things that people don't, don't realize. Now, you know, I love what I do, so I wouldn't change anything about it. And I'm happy to do it. I'm not complaining. But yeah, it was, it was a long Friday, Saturday slash uh, Frysat. Yeah, it just was like one... <laughs> One continuous forty-eight hour stretch. So there you go. Well, probably the less probably the craziest things I've done were back-to-back Oregon Seahawk games, which I know, I know the TV. I did a crazy one a last year as well. But I've done it where I was on the road. Oh gosh! Like I went. I covered Oregon in two thousand nineteen. I covered Oregon SC, and the next morning flew to Seattle for Seahawks something. And I remember going to Washington State once. Oregon, Washington State. I can't remember what year that was. And then the next morning, caught a six o'clock flight to Seattle to cover Seahawks in Denver. And I was exhausted. And I took a, one of those uh, what three hour, what, four hour energy drinks, whatever. Five, Five hour, hour energy. Yeah. I was sitting next to um, Justin Myers. He would confirm this because I took that bad boy. Woo! 
I was lucid. <laughs> there was no reason for me to be. That thing worked big time. Got me through the day. Uh, man, that was crazy. But yeah, I, I mean, sometimes we just have to, to do that. But at the end of the day, like you said, you know, you love your job and you're covering football and you love football and so you get through it. But it's not something you'd want to do every, you know, every weekend. That would burn yeah. you out. But um, yeah. Do, do you want to hear the crazy one I pulled last year? I sure do. This is a good one. Okay, I, we did not anticipate talking about this off the start of the yeah, pod, but it's a funny, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, a it's things that people, people don't really think about. I covered the Blazers home opener. That was a Friday. Okay. So we did that. That was the game where, you know, Ant hit a huge shot against Phoenix. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a good night. Yeah. And you know what? I was like, I am not going to miss this because I freaking love college game day. So what did I do? I got my butt in the car and drove down to Eugene. I basically stayed up for like two or three hours up here, got my butt in the car, drove down to was Eugene, UCLA? covered college game. Was that, no, it was, does? yeah, yeah, against UCLA. Yeah, okay. It was against UCLA. Um, so that started at 5 a.m., so I think I showed up around like 4.30 or so. It rained like crazy. <laughs> oh, my God, it was so wet. Um, did that, and then covered the game later that night i did stay down there that night i have family in eugene so i was able to kind of pull that pull that card out and be like i'm just gonna stay with family um but yeah so i pulled that card out stayed with family there that night so i did not drive back from eugene that night but uh it was it was a lot but you want to know what as one of my friends said to me at the time this is a once a lifetime experience enjoy it don't let it don't 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 get bogged down in the you know the little mm-hmm. things. So it was fun. It was a good time. Nice. So. Well, two teams that had a good time this past weekend were the Ducks and the Beavers as they rolled mm-hmm. over uh big time underdogs. The Ducks just destroyed my PSU Vikings 81 to 7. Ugh, it's just so wrong. PSU offered zero resistance in that game. Although they did have one little nice drive early to make it 7-7, but yeah. Uh, that was all she wrote pretty much. And the Beavers won 42-17 at San Jose State. So let's start with the Ducks since they're the higher rated team, ranked 13th. Oregon State's ranked 16th. Go Beavers. What did you take away from that game, if anything? You were there. I mean, other than the Ducks doing the Duck, excuse me, the Duck doing 9,000 push-ups. What did you take mm-hmm. away from the event? From, from, from the, yeah, yeah. the Ducks? Yeah, uh, yeah. My MVP of that game was easily yeah. the Duck. Uh <laughs> Um, I, offense looks great. I mean, but also it's hard to judge against a team like Portland State. Let's be completely real here. We, right. we we know what that game is for, and that game is for that program to to get money so that they can continue to be in business. So you know, this was the result expected. However, eighty one points is still crazy, no matter what. I mean, they literally had all they had. I forget how many possessions they had, but only one they punted and only one they kicked a field goal the rest touchdown 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 at some point i mean they they pulled bo nix out of the game after the first possession of the second half and they still kept scoring touchdowns with ty thompson which we were definitely going to talk about because you my dear friend that was one of your things you wanted um ty thompson and austin novus at it so i mean they they it's not like, you know, I had somebody reach out to me and they're like, what, what did you, what did you like think of, you know, how that, how the offense did? I, I forget how it was phrased, but I was like, you know, like, oh, oh, I think somebody, somebody reached out to me and basically asked me if the ducks ran up the score. And I was like, I, 
I don't feel that way because if they ran up the score, they would have had Bo Nix in the fourth or something like that. That didn't happen at all. Like they, they, you know, they pulled their their big guns out uh, fairly early on. You know that that one defensive possession was a little you know that you referenced uh, where Portland State scored was uh, concerning, but they got it together. Um, and they pitched a shutout after that, obviously. So, um, but yeah, I mean that I've never seen, I've never seen an offensive explosion like that in a, a game I've been to in my life. So regardless of the opponent, you know, they didn't let off the gas. And I thought that the, no matter who was in, and I thought that was, um, a really positive sign. So, I mean, it was like, I, we were walking down to the field for the end of the game and we heard the, like the horn go off again for like a score. And I'm like. Did they? Because you, you can't see the field when we're walking down because um, right. we have to go around the backside of the stadium to get in. And I was like, did they score again? Like, <laughs> I was like, what? I didn't think they were going to score again. Well, it's difficult like, It's difficult to call off the dogs when the other team can't stop the run at all. <laughs> right? Yeah. And leaves, you know, and leaves play, uh, receivers just uncovered and wide open. Like, So, yeah. you know, look, unfortunately, fortunately, I've covered – Many of these types of Oregon games, especially back yep. in the day when they were the juggernaut that they were, and it's hard to come out of them really feeling like you learned anything other than the fact that yep. good Oregon teams obliterate teams in these kind of games. Mediocre. I shouldn't say mediocre. I mean, this world of college football, eight and nine wins is considered mediocre, but teams that are going to win nine, maybe flirt with ten. They still win these games, maybe not as big. So I think you come away saying that even though the the opponent was inferior, the Ducks played basically almost a perfect football game, right? And and yeah. that means something no matter who you're playing against. Uh, so I think it's a good sign, especially the first game of the season. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I, I think I think you walk away, or I walk away, feeling that you know they did, they they received an A plus regardless of the opponent. They played at an A plus level. If you're playing against a really good team and playing that well, yeah, you're not going to win 81-7, but you're definitely going to be in a position to win that game if you're executing um, at that level. So, you know, it was good. It was nice for them. It was bad for my Vikings, but they got a payday out of it. And I think one year, one guy lost an ear or close to lost an ear, according to the report. <laughs> kind of alarming. But, yeah, that's pretty much, you know, what I took out of it. Um, Ty, Ty Thompson, I want to see more from him, but they didn't really – I want to see more complicated reads and plays, but they didn't do that. And the, the throws he had were fine. But I want to see Ty Thompson get in a position where he could they could open up the playbook and we could see some more complicated plays than what we saw. You know, he, you know, one of the touchdowns he threw, the dude was completely uncovered. Like, I can make that throw. So if you're making a throw that I can make at right now, <laughs> then, uh, yeah, whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't impress me. And I still think that at some point they're going to need Ty Thompson to step up and, and make some plays in the game, not hand the ball off four straight times like he did against Washington. So that was unfortunate that, you know, for me, that because I, I really want to see that. That was probably the only thing I was looking for in this game. Uh, but, yeah, it, it was what it was. Yeah. And I'll shift uh, to the Beavers. Another, like, you know, they, they did what they were supposed to do, which week one of college football, you could be a Baylor versus Texas State. So, you know, I, <laughs> or a UCLA versus Coastal Carolina. That was not pretty, but they won. Yeah, they, they, they did win. Uh, but yeah, I mean, or you could be a Clemson versus Duke, you know? Ooh, so what was that? Yikes. See, all programs, no matter how good you are, you're going to have a tailspin at some point. Anyway, continue. Yep. Uh, Dabo. 
my guy. Except for except for Alabama. I I should not call him my guy. He's not my guy. Um. Anyways, some <laughs> ridiculous quotes. We are okay. All right, I'm just. Uh, if you know them, you know them. Um. So, <laughs> anyways, um. Yeah, they they came out. They did what they were supposed to do. DJ looked great. Uh, it's easy to look great when you have a line like like they do. And I said that I was most excited about that offensive line, and boy, did they live up to the mm-hmm. billing. Let's go. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah they did. There there were some plays where DJ was back there just a just a dancing and a prancing, waiting for someone to get open with no one near him. As he said, he could make a sandwich back there. So um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean another pretty solid debut they they played better against them than usc did i would say so that's 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 a good that's a good barometer um yeah i mean you know the these teams did what they were supposed to do which makes kind of like for not interesting conversation between you and i but it's a good thing because we don't want to be talking about the the opposite situation to say the least what did you think of them Pretty much the same. You know, they played a better team than Portland State did. Uh, excuse me, than Oregon did in yeah. Portland State. Mm-hmm. So the score wasn't quite as lopsided. And plus their offenses, they, they run their offense differently to the point where you're not really sort of built to put up 80 on anyone, really. Yeah. But they dominated the line scrimmage, like you said. And that offensive line is amazing. Uh, Martinez, obviously, is in, is in lead back. And, yeah. you know, really, the only thing really that I wanted to see was DJ look like a guy who could be the guy. You know, be that dude. And, you know, had he gone, you know, 15 of 31, you know, for 185 and two touchdowns in the pick, then you're like, eh. but he was 20 for 25 with three touchdowns and he rushed for a touchdown, right? If I'm not, if I'm mistaken. He rushed for two? Wait. He rushed for two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, it's a they, blur. They, I, anything they, on Sunday is a blur. Okay. <laughs> like after Friday right. and Saturday, it's all a blur in my brain. Continue. <laughs> right. But when you when you have a, a quarterback that big, uh, he can be your goal line back. Not that you need because Martinez obviously can score from anywhere, but to have that threat of a guy, we can we're directly snap it to him, and he's going to pick a hole. He can he can call the the run blocking scheme at the line of scrimmage based on on what the defense is giving him, and that's going to almost be an automatic touchdown. And if you put too many people in the box and, and they have you spread out, then you got man to man somewhere. He's going to make a play there. So that. That's going to be a huge weapon for this team. Something that they, I mean, they, you know, they had it with a backup who was kind of did that role here and there. But having your main guy do that is huge. So yeah, I, I give him an A. I give the I give the Beavers an A, and good start. Good start for both. Can't yeah. complain. Yeah, and you know I would. You know I would look. You know I would look for a reason. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that, so now let's look ahead. Yes. To the Ducks, Texas Tech. Real quick, and I'll let you start first, but real quick, yeah. I came into the season with Texas Tech circled as a losable game. Mm-hmm. After watching them against Wyoming, I changed that. But then the line came out and it was only minus seven Oregon. And I'm like, if Joe Pesci and the wise guys in Vegas know what's going on, then maybe this is more of a threat than I think it is. What do you think? I will say it's a, it's a, it's probably not the result that Dan Lanning wanted. He does not want an angry Texas Tech team going into their first game at home, and that's that's what they're going to get. They're going to get a team that is not going to be thrilled that they lost to Wyoming. Uh, and I know that I think they just got brand-new lights at that stadium too, so like everybody's all jazzed up on that because they're going to like flash a bunch of colors and you know, whatever. That's fine. <laughs> get through the elements, you know. Um 
Yeah, I mean, they shouldn't lose this game. They should dominate this game. Should is the operating word there. Uh, so but, you're betting, you're betting and taking the Ducks minus the seven and seven and a half, whatever. Yeah, I would bet that. I okay. would, I would bet that. I would bet that. From what I saw the other day, plus on Saturday, plus the fact that Texas Tech, I mean, lost to Wyoming. Okay. Like, not like why, you know, it's not like uh, Wyoming right now has Josh Allen there. All right. Like, right. they don't have Josh Allen at quarterback. Cool. <laughs> so, you know, you, embarrassing for them. But uh, I, I still I still feel confident that they're going to go down there and take care of business. I know, obviously, Texas Tech has Tyler Shuck, who's going to come out and be a little... Uh, uh, you know he's 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 gonna have a little chip on his shoulder as he should, but I mean, I, I, everybody's been talking about this six nine tight end that Texas Tech has, so I, I am kind of curious to see that guy. Um, but you know, I, Oregon should Oregon should take care of business in this game. If they don't take care of business in this game, I am I am I am I am concerned. I will be concerned. So yeah, there you go. Agreed. If they don't win this game, then you know it's difficult for me to believe that they're not going to lose at least two or three in the pack. Yes. I'd probably say three or four, maybe. Well, three. I'll say three. Um, so, but the, that that line is telling because yeah. Vegas doesn't set lines for their health. No, they set lines to make money, and the fact that they, after what we saw over the weekend. With Texas X losing out of Wyoming and Oregon obliterating Portland State, the fact that they came out at seven and a half, instinctually you'd be like, oh my God, the Ducks are winning by 30. They're daring you to make that bet. Yeah, they are. <laughs> They're not, and then it moved to and then it moved to six and a half. That means people were putting money on Texas Tech. Because it dropped to six and a half. So some smart bettors who probably bet for a living saw that seven and a half. Like I'm taking Texas Tech, and then it dropped to six and a half. Didn't go up if they, if they had bet on the Ducks. Dropped. So sometimes week to week, week one to week two, a lot of things happen. Yep. Right. And what we saw with Oregon, it's like okay, it was Portland State, but if we go back to last year, they barely they ended last year with what. Again, different, you know, some different players in different positions. We know that. But ended last year barely beating North Carolina, blowing a lead against Oregon State, barely beating Utah, losing a close game to UW. And so those things are taking more, are getting more weight than the Portland State game. And Texas Tech is at home. So I think what Vegas is saying is believe what you, believe what your eyes are, think you're telling you, but this is a closer game than people think. And so I'm I'm fascinated to see what they're going to do in terms of defending Tyler Shuck, who the only quarterback in Ducks history to lead the team to a conference title and then start against them. <laughs> it's eight quarterbacks have led this team to a to a pack, pack title, and uh, Tyler Shuck, or seven, seven or eight, and I think seven. And Shuck is the only one who's now going to play against them. But anyway, he threw for three thirty six and three. He ended last year with a four hundred yard passing game against I think Oklahoma or something like that. Uh, they have good receivers. So this is going to be the first time we're really going to get a test to see if this defense has improved at all. Because if they don't get a pass rush on this guy, mm-hmm. if the pass rush is still mediocre, TT scoring. And they're going to score in the 30s, which means Oregon needs to score high 30s or 40s. And that's where I think they win. Because I don't see Texas Tech stopping Oregon. 
I just don't believe they're going to stop Oregon. I think Oregon's going to score in the 40s. Mm-hmm. Texas Tech won't be able to match, but they're going to put up some decent numbers. That's where I'm at. Yeah. I got the Ducks. But it's going to be scarier than I think most people think based on what we saw last weekend. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's going to be a really interesting, like, you know, time frame for me because that's also the same time frame that um, WSU is playing Wisconsin. So that's it. And I'm going to be down at Oregon State this weekend for the opening of their new stadium. So there's going to be, there's going to be a lot going it. on around that time frame, <laughs> to say the least. We're going to, we'll see if, uh, what? We'll it's see. at four o'clock, right? Four o'clock, yeah. Oh yeah, I'll be I'll be around to watch that for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm so, all that. I, and that defensive line should, by the way, get a rush on Texas Tech. They are highly experienced. I have there is no excuses for that defensive line this year. It is, I mean, you look down that defensive line roster for the Ducks, and it is name after name after name. Okay, so it's time to be big boys. Get it done. All right. There's no excuses anymore. So I, I agree with you they've got, this is their game where they get to really show something. You know, I, I did find it interesting. No sacks against Portland state. Now I know they're running it a lot. So, you know, that's something to consider, but yeah, no, no sacks, which I was like, Oh, oh. and only five last year. Right. I don't remember what they had last year. I think think we allowed five last year. All right. Rough. Next. Yes, next. Oregon State. Got to avoid the upset loss to UC Davis. Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody knows what the storyline is there, and it's not really about the game, to be completely frank with you, uh, is what it is. Uh, I'm more excited about that new stadium opening. Going to be, I mean, it's going to, the energy in there is going to be, um, it's going to be awesome, especially with everything that has gone down this off season. I think that that crowd is going to be really fired up to be back home in a new stadium, watching their beefs. Doesn't really matter uh, who they're playing. I think in this situation, they're, they're, they're going to be, they're going to be pretty amped. So I am excited about that. UC Davis, you know, obviously the Beavers like the ducks did the Beavers should come out and take care of business, business. All right. It's, time to flex on them um you know different teams (laughs) davis davis is like psu more of a a rushing team um i think they're probably they're probably even more so of a rushing team than than portland state is to be completely frank with you um whereas you know san jose state was more more reliant on the past so you know a different challenge for them this week but um you know like portland state we should see a pretty high score next to a pretty low score that's what this should be. I agree. I mean, this is their Portland State. Take care of business. Dominate. If it's even close, that's a red flag. I don't think it will be. I think they destroy. So, you know, it is what it is. Real quick, what, what do, you, do you think? There was some talk after the PSU game from some that's saying that these types of games should be eliminated. I disagree with that. You know, help out your in-state FCS program. Give them some money. And I think uh, having a, a tune-up game, a team that you know you can throttle so you can work on some things is good for – uh, every major program, I have a problem with it. What do you think? Well, it might be going away for the Ducks because I believe that the Big Ten doesn't allow the allow teams to play FCS teams. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know. That. So uh, I believe I saw that online. So uh, if that is the case, those games uh, <laughs> those games might not be happening anyways. We'll see so what then happens. they would just play uh, mid majors then. So 
Yeah. Which almost is the same thing, but yeah, I have no, I have no problem with those things. All right. So this is what I want to talk to the most. Ooh. We can get through the ducks and beavers because, you know, we cover them, get them out of the way. Yeah, yeah. But I want to get to this. You just bolded it on the outline. I love it. Prime time. Prime time. My man. I, I, I've been a big prime time guy since he came into the NFL. Actually, since he was at Florida State, I would watch Florida State games. Just waiting for him to do something spectacular back in the day. Love me some Dion. Um, man. That was one of the more interesting victories in a long time. Such a mystery with this team. We knew they accumulated some talent. We knew that his his son was a legit QB and was going to cause some tr- problems. You know, the, the fact that they won, obviously, is surprising. TCU lost a bunch of talent. People keep saying, but I don't care. They recruit, don't they? They recruit, so they should still be good, right? <laughs> and losing to a Colorado team that won an 11 last year. Right. Now, it's a completely different team because they brought in 80-something players, but bringing in that many new players and making things work in the opening game, very difficult to pull off. They had four guys go for 100 yards receiving, which I think was a record, and Shadour Sanders threw for 5'10". That kid is money. He is going to be a problem in the Pac-12, no doubt about it. So my question for you, Mm. Brenna, do you believe, this is what Dion asked Ed Woodrow, I think it was, from ESPN. Now, granted, Dion should have let Ed get his question in. That He should have let him get his question in, but I don't have a problem with him. We can talk about that later. Well, we'll, talk, we'll talk about that in a minute. Let's just talk okay. about the team right now. We'll get, we'll get to the press conference later. Do you, okay, so I came into the season four, maybe five, if everything went right, wins. Now I'm shifting just to six. I'm not going crazy and having them eight, nine, because the defense was still suspect. But I'm shifting now to six because they got that extra win. Mm-hmm. I think this team can become bowl eligible. Where are you on this team? I think bowl eligible is is reasonable. Anything beyond that, you know, I mean, there's there's going to be hiccups along the way. This is not going to be a, a perfect team by any means. They should blow the doors off. If they did that to TCU... They should um, take care of business against good old Nebraska this week. Let's put it that way, okay? That should be a uh, that should that should that sh- that should be a double digit win, I would say. Uh, you know, so hopefully they aren't. Um, hopefully those players aren't buying too much into their own hype. Um, I mean, you know, I not like this. I don't. I I don't remember Deion Sanders playing football. You know. Like I'm, I'm a little too young. So, um, you know, yeah, I, I think that, I think that, I think that bull eligible. So like, I, I don't, I don't know as much about the mystique. I mean, I I do, but I don't, you know, you know how that is. Like you, you watched it when you watch it in action, like it's just different. It's just, it's, it's like, it's like Michael Jordan. It's just different when you watch an action. I didn't watch MJ in action. I, you know, I've, I've seen an old, you know, I've seen, I've seen everything, but it's just different when you watch it actually happen in the moment. Um, but I do know that like all of his, you know, all of his uh, like old teammates at NFL Network are like hardcore Dion believers and are like, right. yeah, he's gonna do whatever he wants. That's just like what Dion does. That's who he is as a human being. He's gonna win. Like he is a winner. He's gonna win. So. You know, maybe people doubted him at his own peril, but right. I mean, yeah, I, I think I think bull eligible is 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 appropriate. I think that's fine. You know, there's like you said, there's there's gonna there's gonna be a hiccup. There's gonna they're gonna lose a game that they should. Yeah, win. that's just what it is. Like it's gonna happen. It's it's just I feel like it's kind of a little inevitable. But you know, right. if, if I am wrong, Dion, you have full permission to call me out at a press conference. So there you go. 
Well, the thing about Dion as a player is he was a ridiculously elite athlete. Like he was just amazing. His speed, legit four two speed. Um, th- there's a famous interception he had against an NFC championship championship game against Dallas, in which Irvin has him beat by like a step and a half. Troy Aikman throws the ball deep, and Dion accelerates past Irvin to get the pick as if he were the receiver. That's how amazing he was. He would let people beat him, air quotes, by a yard or two to make the quarterback think the receiver was open so the quarterback would throw it, and then he would just accelerate and go get it. But he wasn't just an athlete. He was highly intellectual in his process. He would tell receivers. Receivers would come out and line up. He would tell them what he's going to run based on the films. Oh, you're about to run a post because he studied them so much. So he, so this is a guy, who, and, and he also played offense. So this is a guy who was in tune offensively and defensively. So he brings that knowledge along with his brashness. Also, he's not running the defense. He's not running the offense. He has coordinators, but he's overseeing everything and making sure that it's being done at a high level that he expected of, of himself. And so that's where, you know, you're going to get a squad that's not going to be overly undisciplined or not beat itself. And it's going to have a, a structured plan to move forward. So then if you have the talent, you're not going to beat yourself. You have a chance to win a, a lot of games, especially when you have a quarterback. So that's what we're seeing from this guy. It's not, you know, anyone who makes him out to be, oh, he's just a loudmouth primetime Sanders from back in the day. No, he's not. I mean, he brings some of that with him, but that's not all he is. He, there's a lot of substance there, but it's just game one. Like, you know, some of the stuff people were saying, it was 45-42. It wasn't 45-10, right? But some of the stuff people were saying after that game was just ridiculously overblown. Let's give the guy time and see if he can get the six wins. Let's see what happens when they get in the Pac-12. But to come out and do what they did in game one, amazing. So anyway, because there were a lot of people doubting him, which it was fair. I mean, he revamped the entire roster. He's taking over a 1-10 team. He's going up a level. It's fair to question. Uh you know, he took it upon himself to pick out someone from ESPN and ask him, you know, do you believe now? And I read that bull junk you wrote and blah, 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 blah. Now, one, we agree as journalists, he should have let a guy ask his question. He shouldn't have gone on to the next question. I think Dion was caught up in the emotions and that you and I would both agree that's let the guy ask his question. Yeah. But I have zero problem whatsoever with a subject like Dion calling out an opinion opinion of someone who covers the team in any in, in any fashion if that opinion was negative and you prove that opinion wrong as long as it's done you know not in some kind of a gr- overly aggressive mm-hmm. you know disrespectful manner which I don't think he was he was bringing brash but it goes both ways because if they go out and lose next week that same reporter or whatever reporter could say I don't know if I believe anymore, Dion. And Dion has to take it back the other way because he, he he brought that into the equation. Do you believe? Well, the next week I can come back and say, yo, you know what, Dion? I still don't believe. You just lost in Nebraska. What do you got to say? So if that's the game you want to play, great. Play that game, but it goes both ways. So I had no problem with what Dion said. He just should have let the man ask his question. I, as a journalist, like my number one rule of thumb is don't say something that you would not say to somebody's face. So that's 100%. 100%. Yeah. yeah. That is my rule. That is how I operate. So I have to, so, you know, if I say something, I got to be able to take it. That's, that's just, that's just a part of the job. Now, you know, sometimes yep. I'll just kind of take it silently. Cause I think that's the, the best way to go about it. Um, but 
you know, like there's that's that's what you got to do. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you're gonna have an opinion, you gotta be able, to, you you gotta be able to do, you gotta be able to take it. So, um, yeah, I have no problem with it. I mean, I will say that I think Ed Werder came out afterwards and was like. I don't know what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Dion got him mixed up with someone. <laughs> I think Dion might have. Yeah, I think that might have happened. Or, you know, some people were saying, you know, maybe it's something that has been going on for a while. Something that was written back in the day when Dion was in the NFL because Edward doesn't traditionally cover much college football. football. Right. So right. I nobody nobody's found the thing. No one right. has found the thing that Edward said that pissed Dion Sanders off. <laughs> so there are two options here. One, he got him confused. Two, this is some sort of weird thing that Dion's been hanging on to for 20 years. And he finally got his moment to hang it over. Yeah, head. exactly. Okay? Remember that same thing you wrote about me 25 years ago? You believe now? Uh, wait, yeah, what? That's, huh? that's a little much. Okay. So I do yeah. think the, like, it's, yeah, I, the whole, the context of the whole situation is just ridiculous. <laughs> it's like nobody, like everybody just sees it and they're just like, oh, wow, he went off on this reporter. And it's like, well, actually, when you get into the weeds, it's like really weird, <laughs> like, really bizarre that he went off on this one guy who doesn't really write that much anyways, and then doesn't write about college football like ever. So um, just a bizarre, bizarre situation. Dion loves a moment. I think we could agree on this. And I think Dion would agree on this, too. Dion loves a moment where he can take center stage, and you know what? He definitely took it that like he 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 took it to that moment. I think uh, context wise, it's a little a little bizarre, but that's okay. You know, yeah. he's, I, he's gonna it, be brash. He's gonna talk. It's just who he is. We'll see how he does does when you know when they lose a the game. You know, if they go out and get blasted by Oregon, say 20. You know, what's he gonna say then? I think I'm so excited for that game. I know. See that. See, I see. I took Texas Tech off my losable, but I didn't quite make Colorado losable. I got to see more. But again, when you have a quarterback, everything's in play. It just yep. is. And that kid is that kid is good. Real quick. So when I was covering the Ducks <clears throat> as my primary beat in 2014, they played Michigan State, and my big thing going to that game, home game, was can they run against Michigan State? And they struggled. They, they didn't run very well until the fourth quarter. Freeman broke a couple of runs, and Mario had a huge, like, long run uh, that sort of got their stats to be totally respectable. So the following week on our game day show on NBC Sports Northwest, we were talking about that, and then I got a text from Gary Campbell, the running oh, yeah. back coach from Oregon. And I think he was watching the show because he goes, I was wondering what you were going to say about the running game after last week. And I saw him like, no, he's not. And I texted back and I'm like, you guys weren't that good at all until the last couple of minutes. And you take away Mariota's run, blah, blah, blah. And he came back at me. And it was just all in good fun. Like it was just, you know, jousting a little bit. Years later, I'm actually doing a show and I'd written about how this was 2017 Tigers first year. And I wrote about how there's no way Oregon's going into Washington and winning with Braxton Burmeister. It's just not going to happen because he had struggled, obviously, already. Tiger texts me while we're filming the show. So he, he wasn't watching it, it wasn't uh, live. He's like, man, you're so you you're really all in on UW, and I go, yeah. And he's like, yeah, some player. I go, oh, you saw my article. He's like, yeah, some player came in complaining about you saying this is why I don't like Fentress because he's always dogging us. And I, I I could never get out of him who the player was, but I'm like, I'm not dogging you guys. 
You have no offense. You have no passing game. You're not going to magically find it in you in Seattle. And he's like, all right, well, you wait and see. We got some things planned. I'm like, okay, I look forward to it. Nothing personal, but I just don't buy it. That night after the game, they lost 35 to 6 or whatever it was, and Burmeister couldn't hit anybody. Because everything I said was going to happen, that everyone pretty much knew was going to happen. I texted him. I was like, sorry about that, man. But he goes, man. We just couldn't get anything going. You were right. <laughs> but coaches are always, coaches are always going to believe they can win in any situation, well, which yeah. is great. Like, that's how you should be. So if you see something like that, you know, your, your competitive juices are going to get going. But, you know, it, it was obvious Burmeister wasn't up to it. No, it wasn't his fault. He should have been the fourth-string quarterback. But, you know, two guys transferred, and Herbert gets hurt, and now he's playing. Um, another situation was John Neal, the defensive backs coach at Oregon – I, was, I think it was 2015 when the DBs were horrible and like the passing defense was awful. And I just crushed them one night on Talking Ducks. And then I showed up at media session the next day, and John Neal walks up to me and goes, man, you really gave it to us you know, on TV. And I go, ah, my bad. He goes, no, no, you weren't wrong. <laughs> like, I wasn't. Um, so anyway, don't, like if you have relationships with people, there's, there can be that back and forth. But yeah, when you get it wrong, they can call you out. And when you're right, you don't you don't want to call like, I would never call them out because they're living it. Like it's their life. They're they're competitive. So I'm just being I'm gonna be matter of fact, I'm never gonna say, ha ha, I told you. Um, that would be completely out of line and disrespectful. But it's just, you know, the, when you're being objective, your opinions aren't gonna always be positive or negative. You're gonna be wherever your opinions take you. And so the, the subject matter has to respect that. And then if, if you get it wrong, you know. Accept it. Yeah, I, I got it wrong. I, I called it wrong. It's cool. You can give me some crap. That's fine. I can take it. Absolutely. Uh, one thing, just does it make you a little, like, in a weird way, like, because I know it does for me, does it make you a little sad seeing the Pac-12 do what they did in week one and knowing that it's all coming to an end? Because they were the best They were the best conference this week, I think. Yeah, 12-0, right? Um Yep. Yeah, I mean, you know, let's let's. Someone said this is the deepest it's ever been. I'm like, the 2014 season. I think there might have been one other season that ended with six teams ranked. Let's get to that point first. Uh, it's still early, but yeah, it is kind of crazy that this is looking like it's going to be a really good conference, really deep conference with a lot of good quarterbacks, and it's just going to get obliterated. And it, the, the whole thing, the whole thing is disgusting. Uh, it, it just is on every level. It's ridiculous that TV money is destroying a 100 year old conference over one sport. It's just pathetic. It's a pathetic. It, it, it's, it just speaks so poorly on greed, on capitalism, on a lack of uh, feelings toward tradition and history. It's just stomp on whatever for the buck. That's all it is. And I get people want to make money, but gosh darn it, you have to have some limits to what you're willing to do to make money. And destroying a 100-year-old conference should be at the top of the list of those limits within sports. It's just crazy to me. But, yeah, so I, I'm with you on that. It's It would be awesome if two teams got in the playoffs, <laughs> which is probably mathematically not going to happen because you're not going to have two teams with one loss probably. Um, but at least one team needs to get into the playoffs and uh, and dominate the bowl games and just make a statement going out that this was a, a damn good conference that needed more respect than it received from the TV, the TV stations. I am just praying, praying that the Pac-12 doesn't do what the Pac-12 does this year, which is cannibalize itself. Well, that's see, that's the thing. It's going to, though. 
Some team has got to rise above, man, because I cannot take another year where the Pac-12 cannibalizes itself and screws itself out of the college football playoff, all right? We got to at least get one team in, we, especially with this being the last year. It has to happen. For the love of God, somebody pull through, <laughs> okay? I cannot so take, you need- cannot right. take it. Cannot have it. Cannot happen. I don't care who. You, I honestly, I don't know if I even care who it is. It's you just, need someone to go twelve and one at least. At least, right? At and that, least. and that one obviously better off if it's if it's against a good team. I just don't know. I, what did USC go last year? USC lost just one right before the conference title game. They lost their second there. I just don't know if there's a team that's complete enough. Washington might have a pretty solid defense. Oregon State's got the defense. We're not sure if their offense is on par with the other ones, although other teams, although they're going to be really good. So they might be. Oregon State could absolutely be in in the mix to do that. But gosh, there's just, it just smacks of NFL to me where there's so much parity where you just know losses are coming for people, not because they're not good enough, but because they're playing another team that's, we can't even figure out who the top, like there's five teams we could see winning the conference, right? Yep. So you throw all five of those teams in a bowl, is one coming out f- four and one? I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to it's, say. Yeah, it's it's going to be a fascinating season to say the least. But boy, I mean, I just yeah, I'm I'm really concerned about it. <laughs> yeah, I would love yeah, I would love to see one team get to the playoffs. Absolutely for sure. All, all right. right. Okay, before we get to Beyonce, let's. Uh, Let's talk Blazers, I guess. You've had a few um, diatribes on Twitter over the last few days. Yeah, I know. I just, I just think this whole thing's ridiculous. It's, I don't want to say childish, but there's just a lot of ego and posturing and, and just nonsense. Everyone has a legit argument. I've never said the Blazers don't have a legit argument for wanting to get what they can get and for even changing gears. You know, Cronin decided Scoot was too good to pass up and the deals out there for him weren't good enough. Fine. Great. I look forward to the Scoot Sharp era. Can't wait to see the 125 games this year and you guys tank again the last month to try and get a high pick uh, and not have that pick go to the Bulls. Um, Awesome. Looking forward to three straight tanking years. Can't wait. But... <laughs> uh, so much fun day, for you. Yeah, I mean, you know, we I mean, love going to losing fun. press conferences. Well, so you we'll know, really I mean, there's, out of. there's gonna be some nice, sharp alley oops from Scoot yeah. and Scoot going coast to coast and Duncan. It's gonna be, oh my god, they're so spectacular. They lost by 17 to Orlando. You know, there's gonna be a lot of that because <laughs> they just don't have the vets or the size of the lane. I don't know, maybe they're gonna pull off some miracle deals. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, whatever. Um. So, you know, nothing's happened since the last time we talked about it, which I think we avoided it last two times, maybe. Oh, yeah. We haven't uh, talked about it the last few weeks. Yeah. There's been no movement. There's not been no reporting on no. movement. It's pretty much the, the same situation. I still believe a deal would get done before camp starts. I just don't buy that they're going to bring him in. It's just. Now, you saw the Mark Spears interview. Did you watch that at yes. all? And when yeah. he denied, he declined to talk about it. Which was, yep. it's part of the, you know, the, the NBA told them to stop talking about it, right? Yeah. Um, so there's part of that. But there's also part of it where, you know, Dane's pissed. Dane's not happy. He wants what he wants. The Blazers want what they want. And because there's been no deadline, everyone's just taking their sweet time. But to me, there's a semi-deadline at training camp. Do you really want to bring this guy to training camp? 
if he's if he's gonna be bitter. I just don't see the value in that. Even if, it, and then you're gonna play him. Are you gonna play him? Or you're gonna hold him hostage. You're gonna pay him eight million dollars a year to not play, or eight million dollars eight million dollars a month to not play. Or are you gonna play him and risk him getting injured or have him be playing but not really into it because he knows they're not gonna be any good. He's wasting his time and wants to be Miami. Like it's just all just a sad mess at this point. Well, it's been a sad mess for a while now. Okay, so I guess my only question to you after that diatribe is: Do you think the deal gets done before camp? No, I have Damn not. You. There has been nothing. <laughs> I, I of all the record <laughs> a few weeks ago saying that I didn't think that, and I, as you said, nothing has changed. <laughs> Literally, nothing has changed. That's why we haven't talked about it for three weeks. So why would I change my opinion now? I mean. Yeah. What well, I mean, do, what what do you think? Okay, so sometimes I have feelings and, and beliefs and predictions based on a hundred percent just my own personal analysis of the situation. Right? We all do that. Yeah. Yeah. There there are other times when I think so strongly I feel so strongly about something that I cannot believe that someone else doesn't see the same thing that I'm seeing. That's very you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that happens a lot. But there's even an extreme to that where, and this is one of those extremes where I just don't see how you bring the guy to camp. I just don't see it. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't legitimate reasons to do so on their end, right? I'm not running in an NBA franchise. And I'll, you know, I'll always concede the areas where I might have blinders because I'm not in that seat. Um, but I just, I just feel strongly that they need to do right by him, that a deal a legitimate deal can be worked out with Miami, but the, all the sides need to get together and, and, and work it out. And that's a way better option than bring him into camp, holding him hostage, basically trying to make him play, risking injury and hoping you can do better at the deadline. Like how does his value go up at the deadline? He becomes older and he's not, people, oh, Durant. Well, the, the Nets had a legit chance to win. So that's one of the reasons why the net, they're like, wait a minute, you and Kyrie want to come here. We did all these things for you guys to get here. You need to go out there and freaking play and win. And they they went on a tear for a minute there. And then Kyrie bails out. So that's why Durant finally said, okay, well, and that's why, okay, well, we're, we're about to go into tank mode now. We're, we're not going to be very, not tank mode, but we're not going to be very good. So, okay, we'll move you. The Blazers know right now they're not going to be very good. If they think they're going to be very, very good, then that means everything they said during the exit interviews were lies because they told us they needed experience, they needed another star, and they needed more length. Height. Yeah. Length, yeah, height and length, right? Did they get more experience? No. Did they get another star? No. Did they get um, add more length? And no. So they didn't do the three things. They, as a matter of fact, they got smaller and they got younger. Yep. And they got less experience and worse as a shooting team by one draft pick, Scoot Henderson, who may be great someday, but today is not that day. So you know you're going to lose. Dane doesn't want to lose anymore. Hook the guy up. Send him to Miami. Four firsts. Get, take the two youngsters, some salary matching. You're golden. Trade those picks down the line for someone else. Or hope they're going to end and get some swaps. Hope that by 28, 29, 30, all three be lottery picks or maybe one or two. That's where I would go. We've talked about this before. I know you don't you don't agree, and that's fine. But that's that's where I am still. Yeah, I mean, the, the, 
The problem with this team right now, just generally, is that this whole Damian Lillard trade saga has completely handicapped them in any sort of direction. Right. And because nobody wants to sign sign with the Blazers right now because they don't know what's going to happen with Damian. And the Blazers don't want to sign anybody right now, probably, because they don't know what, what they're going to get for Damian. Exactly. So it's it's a whole hot mess. I mean, you know, they, <laughs> they have Agreed. not... Uh, they have not signed anyone who played in the NBA last year that they didn't have the rights to. I mean, I guess Jeremy Grant, but that was kind of, you know, that didn't already play for them. Okay. They got the, the center. Didn't, the center they got didn't play. I don't. I can't remember you know, his name. I, I wrote about it. It's Moses it's Brown, been, right? Sorry. Who? Moses Brown. <laughs> Moses Brown. You don't want to know what? I think Moses Brown did play. I think you're correct there, but like, I'm checking right now. Yeah, you check right now. You check. Yes, he played. He I, played two. He played two games with the Nets and 34 with the Clippers. So he played. He played 36 okay. games, eight eight minutes per game. Okay. Averaging averaging four points and four rebounds. He's a seven footer. So okay. So they added okay. some length. They added. They. I I digress. I I, I yeah. I I will. Take back we will both take take it back a little bit. But at they the same point in time, length. this is what, not what they were aiming for. Okay. <laughs> no. Let's put it no. that way. I think that's I think that's safe to say. This is right. not what they had. This is not the idea they had of their off season when they were sitting in exit interviews. Okay. So yes, I guess they, I guess I, I I was incorrect about Moses Brown. I did. Uh, you know. I I think I might have been actually on vacation when they signed him, so that might <laughs> might be my fault. Anyways, um. Yeah, I, but it, regardless, that was not the kind of signing that they were looking for, and there hasn't really been. It's it's not a it's not a big name, you know. Everybody else that they've signed has been like, okay, like you know. So it's it's a it's and you know, like I said, they also didn't expect when they were doing exit interviews that Dame was going to ask out. So. But okay, but they knew that it was a high likelihood that he would ask out yes, if they didn't trade the pick. Yes, no, I agree with that. Right. So it's it, it's just it's it's an off season of uh, a lot of questions and not a lot of answers for everyone involved, and those right. questions are probably, in my estimation, might persist for a little bit. So we'll see how it goes. Okay, so I'm just going to continue to believe that all the parties involved will figure it out and Damien will not be at training camp in Santa Barbara because I would prefer to not have to deal with that madness. Well, I lie. <laughs> That'd be great theater. I probably I probably would actually kind of like to see it kind of play out. It's a win-win. It's a win-win either way for me. If I don't have to deal with it, it's great. All about, it's all about Aaron's once and needs. Of course. So. Oh, yeah. That's all, that's all it's about. Uh, but you believe it's not gonna happen okay fine yeah whatever looking for your support but that's okay all right let's get our final topic here last week we talked about you and our good pal Lindsay schnell going to see beyonce in concert either in canada or seattle and there was like, if we go to Canada, stay overnight, but the tickets are cheaper. We'll go to Seattle, it's more expensive. Drive back that night, or do you stay? Blah, blah, blah. I then offered 
to me, if you guys go to Seattle, then me and my daughter would go, which I think completely made you guys go, ew, we don't want a middle-aged guy singing, okay, ladies, now let's get information in the middle of a concert and embarrassing us, <laughs> trying, to, <laughs> trying to act like he's our chaperone or something. So I think you guys are going to Canada, which is fine. I'm not even going to take it personally. I understand. Where are you headed? I still need to get this cleared with work. So (laughs) 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 I don't think it's going to be a problem. (laughs) Um, But I we're going to Seattle. You are? How come you didn't tell me? Did you buy tickets already? Uh, No, we haven't bought tickets. (sighs) So So are we still invited? We discussed that it might end up being cheaper if Lindsay and I did our own thing and you and Taryn did your own thing because obviously four tickets together is going to be harder to find than two. We did discuss this. Oh, is that, is that a thing? Yeah, I think it'll probably be that. So we're, we're having a real time conversation right here with Aaron, but have you, have you and Taryn decided you're going? I just mentioned it, but I was waiting on you guys. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. I think, I think we finally, we finally came to the conclusion like two days ago. That seems about right to me. Yeah, I think it was a. I think it was about two days ago. So, gotcha. In fact, I forgot to respond to her yesterday when she texted me something about it. Sorry, Lindsay. Was on my way to a shoot. Uh, it's okay. All she did was send me a pair of shoes that she thought she might buy for the concert. So I think that she's fine that I didn't respond to her in that context. Um, she's buy shoes to just to wear to the concert. Special Beyonce shoes. No, I think. I think she wanted them. I think she thought it was thinking about wearing to the concert because they were they were Birkenstocks. So I was like, okay, oh. you just want to be comfortable, like which I totally understand because I'm gonna wear I'm gonna wear some rhinestone sneakers. So there you go. Um, <laughs> she was she was like, no heels, Bretta, and I go, dude, do you know who you're talking to? I wear heels maybe once a year, maybe, and I'm for sure not wearing heels to a Beyonce concert that I'm gonna be standing and screaming and dancing at. The whole time. Yeah, that's crazy. No way. Now, do you ever wear wear the uh, sneaker shoe heels? Um, I do have a pair. Well, what, what are those called? They're not called heels. Are the they? wedges. Are they wedges? They're kind of wedges. But they they, have... they fit like a heel, but they look like a, a sneaker. Yeah, I do so have one pair of shoes that are like that that I wear every once in a while. I like them. But, but you wouldn't uh, wear those to a concert. No. Because that's got to get old after a while, standing like that, right? I don't yeah, know how I y'all mean, do it. I don't do it. Um, do you, yeah, you have you seen you know. my sneaker collection? Yeah, that's what I rock in. Um, I will wear boots with heels in them. I will do that. Those okay. are more comfortable, though, yeah. than actual heels, you know, because they're, cause they've got some support, you know, in there. So I've got some boots with heels, stuff like that. But, uh, you know, over the last like two years, I have mostly shifted to wearing sneakers almost full time. In fact, I may have gone a little hog wild at the Nike employee store on Sunday morning. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, whoopsies. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but you know, like, yeah, I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm. I'm. You would. I. I literally. I'm trying to think. When was the last time I wore a pair of heels? I think it might have been maybe Christmas Eve mass. I wore a pair of heels. That might be it. But I don't even know. I might have worn heeled boots then. So there you go. <laughs> Not up my All head. right. So you and Lindsay are going next week? Yes. That's next week, right? Oh. Yeah, next Thursday. Okay. It's going to be late night. What time does the show start? I'm not sure. 
but I know it's going to be a late night no matter what, so yeah. buckle up. Okay. Let All me right. know if you decide to go. <laughs> yes, I'll, I'll talk to my daughter tonight about it. Okay. It's not sold out. It's not even close to sold out, is it? I'm not sure. I think we're probably going to get resale tickets, so I'm not sure. <sighs> All right. Well, that's it for the yeah. Blazers. Blazers. <laughs> for the Sports by Northwest podcast. Oh, one final thing. Your prediction. Let's get your prediction for Colorado Nebraska. Ooh, Colorado Nebraska. Does Nebraska bring Colorado back to earth with that running game? Test their front seven. 35 21. Colorado. Who's, Colorado. Okay. Colorado keeps going. We hear more prime time talking, yep. talking trash afterwards. Sounds good. All right. Good that's up. it for the sports. Good. You know, I, I, had to, I just had to do a prediction. What's your prediction? Oh, sorry. I agree. Right around there. I think I think Colorado wins. Okay. So we're in, we're in agreement. Okay. All right. Okay, that's the end of the Sports by Northwest podcast. We talked about the Ducks, the Beavers, the Blazers, Prime Time, Beyonce. That's a hell of a eclectic list there. <laughs> <laughs> Please click that subscribe button and give us a five star rating. We'd appreciate it, and we'll be back next week. Mm-hmm.